Hello, Night Owls, and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast, and my name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. We're, we're what, like 160 episodes in, and we still haven't <laughs> fully realized that the audience isn't listening to the show the exact, the exact second time we're recording. We're recording. <laughs> there is a larger world that has their own schedule, their own life going on without us, weirdly similar to a game we're going to be talking about. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is funny how we always feel the need to mention that. But it is, again, I think you're onto something because it is always a different energy when we record at night. We usually record on Sunday mornings, recording on a Monday night. Yeah. So this is sort of like a bizarro episode. Totally. You are right, though. Anybody could listen at any time. If you're <laughs> if you're listening to this uh, in the year 2144, reach out to my grandchildren and let them know. Yeah. Grandpa was very strict about listening times. <laughs> There's one thing I knew about Grandpa Brendan. <laughs> oh, Grandpa B. <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, welcome to the podcast where we talk about video games and uh, other things we like. Today is kind of a big day for us, I think, because we finally, finally, finally got to revisit our long lost love. That's right. It's Animal Crossing New Horizons for the Nintendo Switch. And uh, I think Jet just means we, we're launching into our first in a long time Live in a Little segment. We're back in... Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm so excited. So I guess before we get into like the new update and the DLC expansion that came with it, Happy Home Paradise, I believe. Mm -hmm. I'd love to sort of retread where we were with this series, where we were with this game in particular, because this game is is one of those games that kind of blew up in a way that almost did the game a disservice at a certain point, you (laughs) know, because I think that there's like there's a common occurrence you see it a lot whenever something kind of blows up like to the point of being a phenomena it has this sort of three months in the spotlight and then it's kind of written off or like debased after right but all the while still retaining like an actual audience it's just not like the thing anymore right. so it's kind of disheartening to see happen kind of again and again i think back to undertale is like another example of this where like yeah that game blew up it was like the only game being talked about for like a solid three months like you either like we're being told to play it or we're talking about it and like at a certain point i think everyone got so exhausted there was like a tendency to write the game off which is unfair because like the game wasn't wanting to be that right <laughs> you know yeah. and i think animal crossing new horizons is a little bit complicated because i i think it's hard to say definitively because we can't know i do think the game still would have been a hit regardless of the state of the world but like that game did help a lot of people myself included during the really early days of the pandemic and i think that that definitely like helped the game sell more to maybe people who were on the fence maybe people who like wouldn't have gotten it otherwise but felt like you know what i actually really need this because i need something comforting that kind of like gives me a sense of routine and schedule that isn't like checking the news and seeing horrifying shit every day yeah yeah totally (laughs) so all that to say i think that this game was met with like critical and commercial success it was both of our runner-up for game of the year Mm -hmm. last year in a year 
that was like fucked up in quality. 2020 <laughs> was an especially strong year for games. Like Hades was our game of the year. And I consider Hades maybe like one of the best games in recent memory. So like I have a very high opinion of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. H- Hades is an all timer. What Immediately yeah. we knew it. The first episode that we recorded. <laughs> yeah, you texted like, me. You said yeah. this immediately rules. And yeah. that's like that's like really all we had to say. Yeah. But I, I think I think you're right in in saying that we should maybe like reframe this whole thing because it's been over a year since this game came out. It's been just about a year since we last talked about it. Yeah. When I booted up my island a couple of days ago before the DLC came out, uh, I was notified by my horrified villagers that it had been <laughs> 10 months since I had yeah. been there last. A lot of stuff has changed on New Oak, by the way. But I uh, I I think you're right. Like this game has had such a wild just kind of like storm of discourse around it, even on our own show. I mean, we brought it up a lot. How like, OK, there, there was one solid year of updates when it dropped and then it just kind of fell off. And then we were just kind of in a strange holding pattern where I think every Nintendo Direct, my question was, is there going to be a big update for this thing? And then there constantly wasn't. And this idea that you could sell something on the level of Animal Crossing New Horizons and then stop updating it was like absolute nonsense. And I know that yeah. we always goof. We always clown on Nintendo for being like averse to money for some reason. But this was the most obvious thing. It's like Doug Bowser just became, you know, the head of Nintendo of America. Like, dude, do so- do it. Just do it. This is this yeah. is your win. This is your quick win, man. <laughs> this I, I didn't even realize, like I knew it sold well, but it is right under Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in, in terms yeah. of units sold. And that's just, I think that's just physical copies because I don't know if Nintendo reports on they don't on digital. So around 38 million physical copies sold. Yeah. It, it's just really wild numbers that I feel like so many companies do evil things to hope to achieve. And Nintendo yeah. just like got it. Like, oh, it's an island full of teddy bears. Like, yes, yes, I need it. Um <laughs> But you know, I think I, I bring I bring all this up because I think that like you, you see, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because I think every game that gets this big also has like a small but loud part of the fandom that are just never happy no matter what. Oh yeah, Nintendo's online weirdos uh, <laughs> really came together for this one. <laughs> it's just it's just weird, and it's kind of like it, it's kind of tricky to discuss because it's like. Like you just mentioned, it is weird and worthy of criticism that Nintendo has this gigantic hit. It is a game that is sort of like inherently tied to an idea of community, both with your own island and with other players. Mm-hmm. And to just sort of leave that to gather dust and then move on to Metopia is yes. like baffling. <laughs> but, but you also see, I mean, that's that's not... That wasn't the executive decision, but you know what I mean. That was a Nintendo uh, Direct that said, we're stopping <laughs> updates for Animal Crossing so we can focus fully on Metopia. I see a lot of like, and this is, you know, <laughs> classic like YouTube comments or Twitter replies, but like, I just see the phrase like, oh, this game was unfinished or it's not as good as New Leaf and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, lazy, lazy devs discourse uh, rises again. Yeah, it was, it was I dumb. would bet anything that anyone who says that has played this game for at least 300 hours (laughs) so it's like it kind of gets into this conversation of like this is a game that is sort of meant to be played at your own pace whether that's like binging it like we all did in the in the early spring of 2020 yeah or checking in periodically every day it's up to you on how you want to play i don't want to like shame anyone and how they play this game but i think that like 
if you got that, like at the very least, even if there was no update and we weren't even having this conversation, we weren't having this living a little in 2021. Yeah. You still got 300 hours of something you love clearly. Yes. yes. That you are passionate about. And, and that's kind of been, I think Animal Crossing was sort of like conceptually ahead of its time because the first one came out on the GameCube was largely a similar idea. You had less agency over stuff, but the the sort of like game philosophy of it was fairly similar and that you had this town you would check in on. And that game came out well before the assumed connection between console games and the internet. You know, that was like pre wow. It was pre like MMOs being like a big, big thing. I know there was EverQuest and stuff. There was a way to play games online on PC, but I don't think we thought about, we didn't assume that if you got a game on a console, you would be able to connect that way. The the only thing you could do on the GameCube one is that you would go to a friend's town on their memory card, which this game took up a whole memory card. Right. Uh, So I just think that like, my past with this series has always been what people are criticizing this game for in that you play it for like countless hundreds of hours. And I'm not even exaggerating. Like no matter who you are, I don't care what your history with the Switch is. You have played this game for at least 200 hours. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like that's like if you dip <laughs> your foot in New Horizons, it has it was a 200 hour dip. Totally. Um <laughs> So I think the idea of like being mad that you had an experience that lasted a while and then you moved on is kind of weird. But again, I also get like, okay, we are now in a time where this could be supported. And I think a great example and a good comparison to make is Splatoon 2. Like Nintendo has done this with the game before. They have had a game that is largely online focused that they support that way. And I don't know how confirmed this is, but there's a lot of overlap between those two teams as well. So like this team actually did a wonderful job supporting a different game on the switch for multiple years. Yeah. So I guess I I just wanted to like touch on all that because I think that it's even outside of the more, you know, extreme comments and stuff. I do think the general like consensus amongst a lot of my friends is that this game like wasn't as good as we thought it was. And that's just weird to me because it was I big disagree. Yeah, it was a great time. Again, even if it was a fleeting thing, it's still beautiful. Anyway, I I used to work at a movie theater. I I worked there for about a year. Um, I got hired to clean bathrooms when the Avengers came out and uh, (laughs) very quickly was like, I need to learn to do everything else in this movie theater. So when they're picking out of a hat, who does what? I will have less of a chance of needing to clean bathrooms. And um, <laughs> just because of, I guess, who I am and, and my personality, et cetera, et cetera, they put me directly into like the customer support booth. And Stephen, the amount of people who would watch a whole ass movie and then come to what was called guest services to ask for a refund because they didn't like the movie, you would not believe it's <laughs> every showing of every movie, at least one person walks out and does that exact spiel. Oh my and, god. And uh that's exactly what this felt like to me. Watching yeah. people turn on Animal Crossing New Horizons was like just because you saw the whole thing in maybe an eighth of the time it was supposed to take you doesn't mean the video game is bad. They didn't build it to be consumed in five days. Yeah, right. And that's that's the other big thing, too. It's it's just weird because I feel like we're not trying to defend Nintendo. We criticize Nintendo constantly. But it just, I, I just I really want to push against that sentiment that like this game was a bust because it clearly wasn't. <laughs> and honestly, sometimes things blow up because they're good, you know, and like, yeah, there is so much you can unpack, I think, with like this game's release. I, I don't even think we're scratching the surface. But anyway, someone will say, write a book for boss fight books one day and there will be a whole like half 
of that book will just be about the release. They announced this new update that's now in place 2.0, I believe. They did say it was the last update, which is kind of confusing, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's there's a free update 2.0 that you can download on your Nintendo Switch to your Animal Crossing New Horizons data file. Um, and there is... <laughs> there's Night episodes baby. are so weird. <laughs> Are we like lichens? What is wrong with us? The moon comes out and we're like, data file. It's not a bad game. That's because you had your fun with it and you moved on. <laughs> um, you can download anything you want at any time, but you can also download the 2.0 update. And then there's the paid uh, happy home paradise DLC. That's like an add on. We'll get to that later. I saw all this in the Nintendo direct where they announced it and it looked really cool. It looked like really promising. It looked like they were delivering a lot of stuff that people had kind of been waiting for, you know, like Brewster from New Leaf. And yeah. you mentioned because you've played this series longer than I have. There was apparently a big update for New Leaf that kind of made that game sort of the comparison point that a lot of people have been like, well, New Leaf was sort of this endless game and New Horizons isn't that. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this in um, the first episode where we talked about the Nintendo Direct uh, and the reveal of this thing, but... My my big issue with at least the New Leaf versus New Horizons discourse has always been, I think New Horizons was being compared to like two years after launch New Leaf with that big yeah. update. It was it was called, I think, Amiibo Festival or uh, well, no, Welcome Amiibo is the Welcome Amiibo update. Mm. And that was the introduction of Harv was one of the big things. Oh, uh, Harv, Harv and his uh, his RV like camping yeah. spot that he had where, you know, you would just have villagers come in and out constantly. Vendors would come in and out, etc. But that update was really the one that made that game the thing that people remember it as. But it wasn't that for a long time. I still played New Leaf a lot before the Welcome Amiibo update came out. I played that game every day for like well over a year and and really, really loved it. But the, the Welcome Amiibo update was the thing that pushed it over into being like, this is very clearly the best Animal Crossing. Whatever comes next is going to have to match this. And I, there's there's a part of me that when New Horizons came out, I was like, this definitely doesn't hit the same highs in terms of like endless playability as New Leaf, but they're trying so many different things. You know, it's not just a straight up like copy paste of the feature set of New Leaf into New Horizons. New Horizons is very much trying to be its own thing from the start, which yeah. I think was significantly more interesting than what New Leaf ever tried to do or really any of the previous games. All of them are, were a little bit iterative up until New Horizons, which was kind of like a let's take a step back and look at this game holistically and think about like thematically what mechanics it would make sense to add, which I really appreciate. We talk a lot about Death Stranding and and how it felt like Hideo Kojima started by saying, I'm going to make a game about a guy who delivers packages and then built the entire control scheme around that instead of trying to fit package delivery into, you know, what we all know as like a first person or third person action game. The fact that you would hold on to your backpack straps with the left and right triggers was because he started with the idea of being a delivery man. And weirdly enough, New Horizons feels like that for Animal Crossing to me going as far back as saying there's nothing on this island when you first show up here this is your thing you get to make it whatever you want because i i feel like for so long the game had this weird dichotomous tendency to both say take your time it's important to enjoy the little things in life 
you know, they had a mechanic where if you ran, the dirt would, uh, or sorry, your grass would die, and there would be like dirt paths all over the place, and it would like ruin your grass. You could create desire paths by doing that, but the idea was that you're being punished for running. And by walking, you were actually playing the game the way you're supposed to play. So there was that angle of it, which I understood when you lock into it, it actually is very freeing and very nice and a, and a calming experience. And on the other hand, the first person you meet is is a, a raccoon man who uh, puts you wildly in debt. Uh, and then you're <laughs> digging yourself out of debt holes. And every time you do, he, he buries you again. So I found that the game... Weirdly, I didn't feel this at the time until New Horizons, but I felt split between the two things it was trying to do. And and you really focused on one or the other, I think, in all of the games until New Horizons. And I like the fact that they kind of level set the whole thing and said, no, 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 this is all you. You're going to figure all of this out. You figure out where every house goes. You figure out where every item is placed. You figure out where the paths are. We're not punishing you for running anymore, uh, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, and, until you build your way up to what New Horizons is. Um, and and I, I think it's really special. I think it's a really incredible thing. And the update just kind of takes everything that was in all the previous games and then like shoves it into this. So it's weirdly, I think, following the Nintendo Switch strategy, which at this point just seems to be best of. Yeah. Mario yeah. Party Superstars, which we won't talk about uh, that much. Maybe this episode, maybe another episode. I don't know. I mean, that game is just a best of Mario Party. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate obviously is, you know, a mashup of all of the other Super Smash Brothers games. And then some uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, kind of a similar thing. I think Animal Crossing New Horizons is kind of like a stealth version of that now with the 2.0 update. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's it's easy to forget that this game began in a tent you know, like I think totally. that's something you and I talked a lot about in, in the Goaty discussion is how like the first 30 hours of this game. It's so funny. We're just rattling off this like huge amount of time. As if yeah. It's nothing. It's two but, weeks. Know, it's, it's the first two, weeks, two weeks, weeks of the game. Yeah. And that's if you're playing it literally every single day. That could take you way longer if you're not checking yeah. in every day and playing for 10 hours. But that that part of it is like kind of authored and is paced out in a way where like by the time you get the town center and you see the first KK concert and you see the credits, like it does feel like there's a version of a playthrough where it does end there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that like we, we said many times that this game ends where most of the games begin mm-hmm. where like, you know, it, and then, you know, the game is also kind of teaching you how to play. Cause I remember when I played the first animal crossing as a kid, my parents would watch it and they're like, what is like, what do you do? Like, do you have to fight anyone? Like, what is like, what's the goal? Yeah. And I think that that like, especially, you know, on the GameCube, like that game was really ahead of its time in terms of like what the central idea was. It wasn't a game where you really had concrete goals. Again, the only thing you really had to do was like pay off debt and there was no interest. You know, there was no time limit on it. So the fact that New Horizons is like kind of giving the language of the series to newcomers being like, okay, like you're going to build this, you're going to build this. And now it's up to you to find the fun. Right. Whereas in past entries, like you kind of had to do that from go. Mm-hmm. So like the new update's only been out for a week. It's hard to really say if we've like seen everything in it, but just the free update alone has really, like you said, it just kind of made this game a best of and has already added so much. I mean, one big thing for me that kind of prevented me from going back is like I had played the game enough that whenever I wanted to go back, I would like talk to my villagers and they would say the same thing I had heard like 400 times. And yeah, like, totally. You know, it just um, it just felt like, OK, I'm I'm here. I'm ready to play. I don't need like new content per se, but I want 
this day to feel unique to itself. And it just felt like I, I just, you know, and again, I was also kind of burnt out on it. So like there was a mix of things, but now it just feels like one thing I immediately noticed is that in earlier Animal Crossing games, because you didn't have the same agency over the island, there was a heavier focus on sort of the relationship building with your villagers. So like, yeah. Like in the first game, they all fucking hate you. Like you really have to, you have, <laughs> you to, have to earn their it. trust as you pay off debt. Uh, you have a cranky goat being like, why is there a human here? Get out of here. You know, like there's, you, you kind of have to do favors. <laughs> like a to, fucked up A24 movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if A24 ever made a cartoon, it would be Animal Crossing. Absolutely. But, you know, so that that was sort of one of the central aspects of the gameplay. And in, in the first one was like, kind of maintaining your relationships with the villagers by doing errands and by like getting to know their personalities. And uh, in this game, like, I don't know if that's like, it's not the same angle, but I've noticed the villagers are requesting more of me. They'll be like, Oh, can you drop this off for this person? Yeah. Uh, They will show up at your house kind of uninvited and just be like, Hey, can I hang out here? They'll invite you over and they can sell you uh, some of their furniture. So if, like me, you gave Bardo way too many like sunglasses and wizard hats <laughs> as gifts, and his house is ruined because he's replaced his like bed and table with just wizard hats and like seed basses, <laughs> you can buy that back from Bardo, and he can have his normal house back. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, there's group stretching, which is yeah, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a common. I don't know how common anymore, but I, I know it's a kind of common ritual in Japan to wake up and oh, do morning stretches with either the people you go to school with or the people you work with, et cetera, et cetera. And and I love the idea of taking that and putting it in Animal Crossing. Honestly, if I whenever I watch movies or media set in Japan and I see people doing that, I like they did that in Terrace House every once in a while. There's a really great. Uh, documentary about Studio Ghibli while they're making The Wind Rises. Uh, yeah. And it, it shows the entire studio getting up and doing the stretches together every morning. Every time I saw that, I was like, that sounds really nice, actually. I would love to do that. So I've been doing it in Animal Crossing ever since this update came out. It's for you. It's for me? It's for it's for you, Steven. It's for you to feel good and start your day with something that, you, that, that makes you feel limber and ready for the rest of the day. Oh, <laughs> thank you isn't that nice the greatest reward is, really is, nice. is feeling good but that's one of many new things there's brewster they added the cafe to the museum yeah i don't fully know what's going on yet uh brewster worth noting is a pigeon who owns a cafe in the museum his voice is unreal especially <laughs> if you're streaming the game with headphones on he's like this is very like it sounds like he's in another room really bizarre <laughs> Um, but you can go there every morning to buy a cup of coffee and there may or may not be other villagers like hanging out in the cafe. I think you can like invite people to go there with you. Yeah. Also non-villagers like the the staff in all the places that you visit uh, like Mr. Rossetti might show up, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Wilbur was there the first time for me. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Pilot. And then they also have a, a phone with a big Amiibo logo on it and you can you can phone a friend via the Amiibo function. Uh, and, mm. and if you have um, the Amiibo cards that I think they made for New Leaf, uh, you can invite those villagers to hang out at the roost with you. That's fun. Yeah. I don't know. So I've gone there every morning and I can now order to go coffee. That's like yes. a new feature. Yeah. Based on. So I know that in New Leaf, you could eventually work there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be very interested to see if that ends up being a thing in this. I, You and I talked about this a little bit off the show. I feel like if that were the case, they either would have mentioned it in that presentation or data miners slash time travelers would have uh, mentioned that online already. But I like kind of being outside of the sphere of that conversation 
and just you know seeing if I find out for myself because I really like that experience in New Leaf. That was a thing in New Leaf yeah. as well. Was uh, you, you would get close enough to Brewster that he would let you order to go cups, which I love the idea of of gating that. Like Brewster himself <laughs> being like, I don't trust just anybody to take my coffee to go i need to know that they'll like appreciate it um it's really good so i'm glad they brought that back i've also gotten to the point with brewster where he lets me have to-go cups thankfully uh, and you can just walk around i always take it into the museum into like the fish section and i just like drink coffee with the fish (laughs) um, you know i call it all of these (laughs) to the guests it's all me nobody else helped actually (laughs) yeah no one else did shit yeah everyone's like when there are other villagers in the museum they're like shocked that you caught the real frog uh, like my frog <laughs> villagers like you caught the real frog and i'm like yeah everything is because of me everything here all you do is pretend to catch fish anyway yeah so i, I don't know I, I love that about about brewster uh i think that's very funny uh that every time you order coffee he asks you if you're gonna drink it right away or not which is a test and if you ever say that you're not gonna drink it right away he gets very mad at you um but anyway <laughs> in new leaf eventually if you got close enough to him he would invite you to work at the cafe and uh your villagers would come in and they would order coffee and you would need to know what kind of coffee they liked uh, and you had like a selection of different kinds of beans and stuff not too unlike persona 5 in a weird way um yeah. what you what you did Stephen, in persona 5 and cafe leblanc is actually very similar to what they let you do in new leaf um <laughs> the thing yeah. about new leaf though was that it was really really difficult to get the cafe also new leaf would make you work super hard to get new buildings in your town yeah i remember that yeah. i do appreciate honestly i i was never a huge fan of that um I, I that to me always felt like it was kind of just manufacturing length you know this is much nicer just having it in the cafe is very, uh, in the museum is very good but i i kind of agree with you right now it really is just a checkbox every morning you know i just like as soon as i start playing i run to the roost first sorry I find all the fossils first, then I run to Blathers, have him assess the fossils, uh, find out that the one fossil I have needed for the past year is not in the collection that I just dug up, (laughs) get upset, go to the roost, get some coffee, take it to uh, Nookington's and sell all my fossils. That's the one part of the museum I have full is the fossils. And once you once you fill any wing, you get a framed poster of that exhibit yep it's really cool i know i'm <laughs> so rubbing it in i was so excited to share it but yeah <laughs> it's driving me up a wall that i have I not wonder, found that one. E- even even now even when everyone on earth has played this game for at least 200 hours i wonder if anyone has filled out the art wing like truly i i would say no i think i'm sure this this update is going to make it much easier to do so. Oh, right. Because Red will just be in the like Harv, at Harv's Island. At Harv's Island, your favorite place. Mm-hmm. Is Cap'n also new or is he added earlier prior to this update? Oh, no, he's he's new in this update. Cap'n uh, is, a, is a turtle who used to take you to Tortimer's Island in New Leaf. Yeah. Um, he might have been around in earlier games. I can't quite remember, but... Uh, in New Leaf, he would bring you to Tortimer's Island. Tortimer no longer wanted to be the mayor. That was the whole conceit of that game. Uh, and he he retired to an island of turtles. And you could go visit him. Uh, and it was an island where it was essentially always summer, which was yeah. great in the winter uh, if you wanted to catch a bunch of beetles at sunset. If you went to the island between the hours of 6 and 7.30, it was just filled with sharks and beetles. And you could just make a wild amount of money uh, <laughs> literally at any time. So Captain would be the one who ferried you back and forth. In this game, he just takes you to a random island that is like completely, it seems like, maybe it's not, but at the moment, it seems like computer generated, you know, like totally random, 
could be daytime, could be nighttime, could be sunset, could be sunrise, any season, also any weather. And I've had some very interesting experiences already. You can only go visit one island a day with Yeah, Captain. it's a thousand nook miles. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive and you can only do it once, which is I as soon as they announced, because that was one of the things they mentioned Nintendo Direct. And as soon as they said that, I was like, I see what you're doing. You don't want people like me to uh, be enterprising beetle catchers uh, every <laughs> single night in the middle of the winter uh, and become millionaires very quickly. But I do, I do appreciate that even when you go, like I've had, I think since this update came out, two days where i went to the island and there was like literally nothing of interest there yeah i i think he, i also just love on the journey there he'll sing sea shanties yeah. and you can like you can clap along yeah he's incredible i i love him it, happens great. I, it, it does in retrospect it feels like tortimer's island was sort of the testing idea to what they did here with the nook island miles and like yeah the idea of like visiting a new place like to not just treat your island for resources, but to like look elsewhere, mm-hmm. which <laughs> feels like the games just continuously critique capitalism. But that's a whole other episode. Yeah, it's universal um, paperclips. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's just so it's really I, I think it's a really perfect harmony of I haven't played the game in a while. And this update, this free update, we haven't even gotten to the expansion pack, uh, which I would just say I consider that like its own game. Honestly, like it definitely aids the experience but we'll talk about that more later this has just kind of turned this game into like a game i already adored into something that i can comfortably check in like throughout my life you know it's not (laughs) something totally i I think there's a whole other side of this too and i i totally get this part of it where like i have a lot of friends and myself included who so heavily associate this game with the pandemic and obviously Mm -hmm. the pandemic is still ongoing and like you know that's it's not over but i think those early days where it was like you know true severe lockdown there's a part of you unconsciously that might not want to go back to it you know it was like your kind of safety bed for that really hard time yeah it's it maybe has like kind of negative associations despite being such a positive game it just seems like it's been long enough everyone's kind of had enough of a break and it's also worth saying there are plenty like millions of people who who still played this game routinely you know we're talking about this kind of universally like when a game blows up this big and people drop off that drop off still means there's like millions and millions and millions of people playing it you know yeah it just means that like all your cousins aren't simultaneously playing it at the same time (laughs) but uh yeah man i'm just i'm really really blown away by the free update alone it's also just rejuvenated interest and like and this is what i love this is why i like animal crossing is like you'll play it a lot you'll take a long break you'll go back to it and you'll you'll find new projects to give yourself. You know, like I came back and I'm like, oh, like I need to get rid of all these flowers. And I'm like, I have not thought about weeding my island, which yes, I named New Jersey in at least eight months. I have not wanted to touch this place. I wanted to say hi to my bear and frog neighbor and then shut the game off. But now (laughs) I want to do maintenance. So, you know, it's doing its magic. Yeah, it it sounds a little bit like we're wrapping up this segment, but I'm just going to keep it going. Please. One of the things I really appreciate (laughs) that they brought in from New Leaf are town ordinances. um, Yes. Which was actually one of the things that I was bummed didn't make it back from New Leaf. And I'm glad I'm glad to see them here. Uh, So you can go talk to Isabel and she'll have four town ordinances for you to choose from. There's uh, the the early bird town ordinance, the night owl town ordinance, both of which kind of do what you think they would do. 
Uh, if it's early bird, that means all the stores open early. So if you're a person who plays Animal Crossing early in the morning, that is the one for you. And uh, Night Owl, same thing. But, you know, if you play at night. Uh, then there's two other ones that are unrelated to, to time management, one of which is called the Bell Boom Ordinance, which just means that you get more money from everything that you do, which is like it's a good one to have uh, if that's you know your focus, because I think once once you roll credits and get the KK Slider song, et cetera, et cetera, and the game just says like, OK, do whatever you want. A lot of people will choose. I'm going to amass wealth. So Bell Boom Ordinance, that one's for you. And uh, the one that I've <laughs> chosen to do and you just reminded me of is um, the Beautiful Town Ordinance or the Beautiful Island Ordinance in this case, which essentially just means that your villagers by law <laughs> need to both weed your island and water all the flowers and plants. And uh, I've chosen to do that one because that's the one that I I, I think too. is best for people who will not play every single day because it just means that your weeds aren't going to get out of control. Any weeds that are there when you set the ordinance will still be there. So if you still need to do some weeding, like you got to go do that. But no new ones will. I'm glad to up. hear that because I do kind of like stylish weeds. The weeds are kind of pretty. I have some really beautiful weeds. Uh, here, here's a pro tip. Plant some weeds on the beach and let them kind of spread yes. out a little bit. They look Dunes. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now in theaters. <laughs> Have you seen Dunes? <laughs> what if that? Yeah, what if that was what they called the sequel, part two? It's like aliens. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so the ordinances are really wonderful. And I do want to mention Harv's Island because that's a place I absolutely hate, but uh, now <laughs> I'm starting to like. Um, Harv, Harv is an interesting character. Like, I always thought it was very silly that they added Harv in, in New Leaf. Um, he's like a dog who is just straight up a hippie. That's the whole yeah. thing. And he had an island. You can go listen to our episode <laughs> from when the game came out. He had an island that just seemed very sketchy. It was a photo studio. He had like a weird like cabin with a basement where you would take pictures. It was weird. It's a weird place. Um, <laughs> you would walk into a musicless, <laughs> not silent, musicless. Yes. No, no, no joy or song can exist in this <laughs> moth ridden wooden polka dot wallpaper house. Uh, with in, just in a solitude. camera on a tripod. <laughs> That was the only thing in there. It always, I always thought it was weird. I never went to Harv's Island. I did it the one time so I could get the Nook Miles uh, and then I, then I split. But now I actually, this is the version of Harv that I like much more because when you show Mm. up on the island, uh, he he sends you a letter. He's like, hey, I got something going on. You should come check it out, which first of all is sketchy. The way he invites you is sketchy. But then you show up and he's hanging out there and uh, he's hanging out with Harriet, who is uh, previously in in, in, in uh, earlier entries in the franchise, is the person who like does your hair. For a long time, there was no way to change your hair past the initial character creation, which to be clear, you don't actually choose hair in character creation in any of the previous games. You do a, essentially a Myers-Briggs personality test and then it just like shit you out with a face. And Harriet was the only way to change that. Uh, at a certain point. <laughs> so anyway, Harv is hanging out with Harriet. Harriet is now also kind of like donned a hippie aesthetic, which I think is interesting. Mm. And the two of them are talking about building a commune is like almost literally how they put it. They use the word commune, which I thought was very interesting. And they're essentially saying, hey, if you invest a shitload of money in this area, we will invite vendors to come hang out here and like camp here and like essentially live here when they're not visiting your island this is where they'll be. Uh, and I love, love this as a concept. This to me feels, again, kind of like it's getting closer to what I really liked about New Leaf, which was at any time in New Leaf, what you were doing was uh, essentially building up and investing in your town to the point where new businesses would want to move in. So there was a whole like town square section of your town. If yeah. you went north, 
where new buildings would start to pop up and new vendors would start to pop up depending on how many villagers you had and how much you had spent in various shops, et cetera, et cetera. This allows you to build it yourself now. There aren't any kind of really arbitrary gates like there were in New Leaf anymore. It's a very clean, it's expensive. It's 100,000 bells you have to invest for each of the vendors um, or at least the first vendor. Maybe it gets more expensive with each one. I'm not really sure yet. But that said, you invest 100,000 and then that that vendor will show up. So that could be Kix, the uh, skunk who sells socks and shoes and backpacks. That could be Leaf, the sloth who sells plants uh, and is also now your way of getting crops, which they've also added to the game. So yeah. they just kind of folded Stardew Valley into it as well. So you can like literally create a farm, uh, which also unlocks cooking recipes, which then let you cook actual meals. So there's that whole side of it. And then there's a bunch of other vendors. The one that I obviously unlocked first was Red, the fox who sells uh, counterfeit art and I think accidentally sells real art sometimes. It has, is my read. That's always been my interpretation of Red yeah, the Fox. That, that feels correct. Like he he accidentally has real art. That's perfect. Yes. Yes. Um, he's the first one that I invited uh, because I barely ever see him. And uh, I have, I think, one piece of art in the museum at the moment. So I'd like to fill that up. Uh, yeah, I have like the Vitruvian man and like, <laughs> I think uh, something else, like a statue or something. Yeah. So anyway, you can continue to do that. And I, and I appreciate that the game is now adding a layer of progression whereby continuing to play the game, checking it every day, seeing those vendors every day, you actually remove this like uh, this kind of uh, pull a rabbit out of a hat situation with what vendor is going to show up in your town square on what day you can progress to the point where everything is kind of set in stone and everything can just be ritual. There really is no surprise which honestly gets closer to, I think, the central core of Animal Crossing, which is like, just live your life the way you want. I, I do think there is something nice about those vendors showing up in your town square. But the idea of being able to fly to Harv's Island at any time and see them, like if I actually do want to check out a pair of shoes or something, um, is really great. There are a bunch of other vendors they added that I, I could get into. Tortimer, for example, is a vendor now in this game. Oh, fun. Um, Cyrus and Reese are two alpacas who would customize furniture uh, in New Leaf and are now back and can customize furniture in ways that you are unable to, which is also very cool. And uh they will also show up in the town square. I don't think Tortimer and Cyrus and Reese will, but all the other vendors will still show up in the town square. Red will still take his boat to the back of your island every once in a while. So you still get that like pop of like, oh, shit, they're here. And when they show up, they have different and more uh, items for sale than if you were to go visit them on Harv's Island. They have a limited stock. But I appreciate that. You get the best of both worlds in that way. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what this whole update feels like to me. It's just like, Give you everything you want so you can play however you want. And the game actually becomes, I think, the thing that a lot of uh, shittier people online have been kind of demanding. Um, but if you're patient, you just you just get it for free. <laughs> and again, I, I, I get the uh, the desire to have those additions. It is sort of the way it has been communicated in some places has been what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, there's just so like. This is we're not even mentioning like the additional like there's new like furniture and there's new stuff you can buy with the Nook Miles and like there's so much. so much like new stuff. There's a new was, like, photo mode that they added. Yes. Let's yes, you go in first yes. person. Let's you put a tripod on the ground and run around. I mean, there's it's wild. It's wild how good it is. I, I've almost tried to stay away from it because I think it's like a little bit. It's like <laughs> going to be too much for me. Yeah, because I know you in photo mode. But uh, I have a question about Harv's Island. Sure. So you're saying, do other characters like um, Gulliver 
or uh, Celeste show up there too, or is that strictly a? I think it's just vendors. Under island this day. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't. Yeah. I don't, so I, there's still characters that will show up, like the ghost as well. Like, yeah. There's still that element of surprise on your island. Yeah. It's, it's not removing surprise forever. <laughs> it's a favorite Radiohead song. Um, yeah, man. I I'm just so happy with it. It's good to be back, and it's also cool to see like on my Switch like everyone is also playing it again. Like it's nice. Totally. To, it's nice to have people actively playing this again in sort of a more sober like lens. You know, I think that now that the game has been out for a year and like everyone who's playing like wants to be playing it. It's just nice. It's nice to be back, you know? And I think that the game seems to be pretty, even before this update, like I think the game was sort of consciously built knowing that you're going to take breaks and it's just always nice to return to this kind of place. Yeah, it fe- it feels a lot more like I think what I what I had wanted it to be. Um, and and I think you're right. I do think like at a certain point I got burnt out at some at some point earlier this year. I guess in January, if I haven't played in ten months, and and simultaneously the way it was mentally linked to the pandemic probably also made me want to not go back. But this update really like reinvigorated my love of this thing. I, I mean, I have the Animal Crossing Switch for God's sakes. I I'm, I'm in. You know? <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, It is fun too. So like when you go to a villager's house, they might be in the middle of cooking and they'll give you a recipe. And I'm like, yeah, oh man, hold on, Bardo. You're telling me you're giving me a recipe for something I don't already know. I don't have a useless DIY you're shoving in my pockets that I have to devote a weird corner of my island just to dump and ask my real life friends if they want the recipe for a cardboard chair. Thank God you're just telling me how to make an omelet. This is so much better. Yeah, I, f- I forget the deal. Why, why did we all do that? Can you not sell recipes? Is that the is that the deal? You can, you can. But I think early on there was a, I, I still have like, um. oh, they added gyroids. Oh, oh how do we gyroids. not talk about the gyroids? How do we forget the gyroids? That's how you get the Bruce gyroids there. are these. They're so haunted. They're these strange like. <laughs> fire hydrant kind of kokiri-esque they're probably i I imagine they're modeled after the same sort of like spirit or yeah or you know like folk creature um but they're sort of fire hydrant-esque creatures that wiggle they have like a shy guy's face yeah to the tempo of whatever music is playing and uh when you you find a fragment you'll find a gyroid fragment on an on an island near you and then you bury it in the ground and you water it and then like breath comes out of it. Yeah. Like you see like weird steam or breathing coming. Out. It's so scary. And then the next day you dig it up and it's like, it's, it's stinky or whatever the name is. <laughs> it's blippy. Uh, I, I, so I have this area behind my shop that's like stalls where I put like extra DIYs or like just sort of fun. I, that's where I put the models of the fish and the bugs to kind of like create almost a kind of a farmer's market vibe. Yeah. Now it's become like the gyroid stock market. So like every stall has a weird <laughs> gyroid next to it. That's really good. Uh, yeah. It's very scary, but that's sort of what I'm working with. Yeah. I love them. I I'm a big gyroid fan. Um, I, yeah. I had a room, so you like me never built a basement. Yeah. So that means to get a ba- I still have a basement, yeah. main room, East and West wing, top floor room, uh, and then and then a north room also uh, on, yes. on the first floor. In my north room, I had nothing in. My house is beautiful. I just want to make that very clear. <laughs> the Happy Home Academy gives me an S every week because I yeah. fucking nailed it. Uh, yeah, but dude. the back room literally had nothing in it. I just put down like a floor that looks like water and then um, and then a, a wallpaper that looks like the sky. So it was just like a strange. I don't I don't even know. Strange like watery void. 
It looks like where you fight uh, Sephiroth. No, Rom the vacuous spider in uh, Bloodborne <laughs> is kind of what I made, and I just didn't put any furniture in it, and I just left it like that. And now that's that's where all the gyroids live. <laughs> is that? Oh no, that's just just Rom the vacuous spider. So it's, Rom, it's Rom the vacuous spider's room. Um, that's my favorite Bloodborne boss. Not out of gameplay, just like thematically. I love Rom. Yeah, what a shocking experience that is. If you haven't yeah. played Bloodborne and haven't fought rom the vacuous spider you need to at least get to that point and then you can put the game down never play it again i totally understand if you uh if if you stop there because that actually is a good stopping point but there's a lot of great game after that anyway i think think rom is the eye of the duck yeah i I think you're right anyway the gyroids live with rom the vacuous spider in my north room (laughs) and uh i'm just gonna continue uh i guess growing growing more gyroids i guess revitalizing more gyroids and, and putting them in there that's gonna be my my gyroid room what's cool about the gyroids too is if you listen really closely they all call you father which is kind of <laughs> a cool detail grandfather water me <laughs> grandfather grandfather welcome ground 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 yeah <laughs> multiple ground 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 grandfather welcome back um cool, cool. anyway do you want to take a quick <laughs> you just do the Minecraft grunt at me? Oh no, I was doing the Arnold Schwarzenegger saying cool, but oh cool. I thought you went Ooh. <laughs> anyway. Do you, dear Brendan, want to take a quick break and then talk about the expansion pack? Yeah, I really do. Alright. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya. Brendan, we are back, and I think it was good that we ended the last section with uh, talking about decorating the houses. Yeah. Because you guessed it, the expansion pack is here, Happy Home Paradise. So this is really interesting. I I mentioned earlier that it's kind of like its own game, and I think that it's largely based on, was it on the DS or the 3DS? Uh, There was an Animal Crossing game. The 3DS, um, Happy Home Designer, was was a totally separate release. I mean, it was its own game. Yeah. So basically what it is, is uh, Tom Nook is like, oh, another colleague of mine who's invented their own currency wants your help. (laughs) Uh, And you fly. (laughs) Wait, before we even get to flying, can I, I I took a screenshot of this because I needed to bring it up in the episode because it fucked me up so much. But you get a phone call from Tom as soon as you download the expansion pack, which is worth mentioning. The expansion pack is twenty five dollars. You can get it. I highly recommend it by itself. You know, just unrelated to anything else. It's very good. You should pick it up if yeah. you like Animal Crossing. Honestly, even if you're kind of iffy about Animal Crossing, this is its own game. As Stephen was saying, it's very good. Also, if you have Nintendo Switch Online, it just comes with the expansion pack that adds the N64 and Sega Genesis games as well. So you don't even have to pay the $25 if you're already paying for the N64 stuff. So that's kind of nice. You can just go download it. That said, you download the expansion. You boot up Animal Crossing. You walk out of your house. You get a phone call from Tom Nook. He's like, hey, man, can you come to the airport real quick? I got a friend uh, that I that I want you to meet. And you go meet his friend named Lottie, who seems to be maybe in some way related to uh, the person who ran the Happy Home Academy in the previous games. Uh, uh-huh. Unclear, but there's an allusion to that. Anyway, she gets on. A, she essentially is like, I'm looking for somebody to design houses for me. You seem like the right person. Tom Nook is a good friend of mine. He told me that you're probably the right person for this. Are you in or are you out? And very quickly, I was like, this feels like a spy movie. This doesn't yes. feel like I'm actually getting hired for a job. This is not how things work in real life. This is very sketchy and I don't like it. But I'm going to say yes because I want to play the expansion pack. 
So I said yes, because that's what you're supposed to do in Animal Crossing. You're not supposed to question it. And Lottie got onto a plane and she flew off. And Tom Nook was like, you made the right choice. And then he also split. I went to go talk to Orville because uh, he, he's the guy who runs uh, the DAL, the airport. And I, I went to go talk to Orville and he was like, hey, do you want to go to Miss Lottie's island? President Nook told me you're working yeah. at her place. Exciting. And Stephen, my visceral, emotional and physical reaction to the words President Nook actually made me need to turn the switch off and go for a walk. <laughs> I was gone for 10 months. And in those 10 months, Tom Nook staged a coup against me. Yes. Yes. I, uh, I had a similar, not quite as, as strong as that, but I actually, I did stream, uh, me playing like a little bit of the new update and then also mostly this happy home part of it. Um, so that'll be on our YouTube if you want to watch it, but it really catches you off guard. I can't remember if it was ever mentioned before this or not. I don't think it was. I think he has become president in the background of this game's universe, you know? Yeah, I'm ner- I'm nervous that I am the only one kind of being Truman showed in a culture of fear that Tom Nook has created in my absence. I I wonder if I was the only person holding him back from unfettered capitalistic nightmare oligarchy. <laughs> because hearing the words President Nook really fucked me up. I look. I know he's a president of his own company and his company also owns the airline. That's still scary. It's still scary in its own way. I think what unnerved me too is that flying to Lottie's Island, it made me start to question if the world of Animal Crossing is simply like chewed up and spit out islands manufactured by Tom Nook and Associates. Like he's somewhere in a space station just terraforming planets and sending DNA of various <laughs> villagers to, to planets and just seeing what happens. Right. Like like our real world billionaires who decide to spend their money on either leaving this planet or creating a virtual one. Tom Nook yes. <laughs> can't find a way to spend his own money to make his own world better. And it is instead building islands out in the sea where he can escape regular life. Lottie casually told me I could change the season of an island. And that that's where I actually got <laughs> She was like, yeah, it could be winter, it could be spring, whatever the client wants. I'm like, what yeah. is this? Wait, yeah, can we get into this more? Because, yeah. because when you start to talk to the clients, it becomes clear also that they're all exorbitantly wealthy. Yeah, this the, ev- everyone in this game is the 1%. This is like <laughs> a rocket ship of like everyone's least favorite billionaire animal was sent into space. Yes. And now this is the end result. Right, of like some somewhere in this world is a kind of like mass effect to level omega <laughs> like horrifying place yeah where we've apparently escaped <laughs> <laughs> again it's like we get it but these questions are raised even if you're not overthinking the game you know you can't casually tell me i can change the season to a client's command right that scares me right Lottie. yeah these clients have no budget <laughs> Money. They don't ask for money. Nobody talks about money. And when you do, to, when you get paid, you get paid in a currency that's not real. That is a great point. And and actually, you might be onto something because no one else in the game is seen using money or buying anything. The closest you get is people window shopping in the store. But if you try to give anyone else bells, they refuse. They're actually like insulted. Like, I can't take this. It seems like only, money is invented solely to get you to do shit. Like. 
you you are given bells and miles just to do Tom's busy work. Everyone else is just living a currency-free existence. This will motivate the human. Yeah. Tell them it's tell them it's points. <laughs> They're all like clinking glasses. <laughs> oh, I gave him a few clams. <laughs> do you think or do you think Orville slipped up when he said President Nook? Do you think that's what it is? <laughs> I think Orville is the one government employee in this whole charade. Like, I think the Dodo Airlines is like the one kind of safety net amongst all of this. But who knows? He's probably in on it, too. Um, Anyway, what actually happens is when you go with Lottie, uh, there are these sort of vaguely detached uh, villager clients on the beach. And Lottie's like, hey, we want you to design like vacation homes for all of these villagers. And it could be villagers that like, uh, I don't think it's anyone that's on your island currently, but it, it could be like literally anyone else. I've actually seen some like villagers who used to be on my island there, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's interesting. There's all there's also again kind of like the the roaming vendors will show up. So like yeah, like CJ the otter and Flick the 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 lizard, you can build a house for. Yeah. So essentially, you you go in and and it starts off kind of slow. I think the, this game does a good job of like also slowly giving you more and more options. Yeah. But um, there's sort of like a a world map of like various spots and islands. So like uh, you choose like where to build a vacation home for the client. So it could be like in the mountains or it could be like by the beach. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll make like requests like I want to hear the sound of running water or something like that. So you like I try to be strategic with like where I put things. So I'm like, this is a cool spot. But this client didn't specifically request like to be by a river and someone else might request that later. Mm. So I don't want to like have to redo this. So the first client you get is an elephant named Eloise who requests like a comfy, like library getaway. And every client has like three or four furniture items that they have to use. And then the rest is kind of up to you. You have like sort of a set. Uh, if you look at the order when you're like decorating the house and sort of the, the like bird's eye view, you have a finite number. Like it's not just all the furniture. It's not the furniture you have. It's like furniture that kind of goes with what they're asking for, but they give you too many options. So it's up to you to kind of like put your own spin on what they're requesting. Right. And I find that to be really brilliant and it's really fun. I don't know if there's a way to mess up. Like I haven't had a villager be like, I hate this. Yeah, I did. I did one that there were two very clear styles in the furniture that they let me choose from. One of them was kind of like a like I would say like bungalow adjacent. And then the other side was like, I fucking love basketball and sports, (laughs) which was like wild um, because I I forget what the brief was. I forget I forget what the the client brief was, but um, it was very clear that the basketball move was not it. And I, I constantly think, what if I had gone sports friends route? But I, I, I imagine it's probably it's probably impossible to fail at this game. I think it's all about just kind of uh, exuding your own creativity in the world. Yeah. And and it's also like it's really interesting how they kind of give you more and more options as you get more clients. And like I had one client say, I want to make a a, a uh, an office. She wanted like a work office building. Yeah. So I made I, I kept thinking it was for Shinra. So I had like a lights off like really gloomy dystopian office and she loved it. It was like in the dark and she was like, this is great. Um, But what I find really interesting. So like as you make these homes for the clients, you're paid in a new currency called pokey. And there's a store like in the main facility where you can buy like new furniture and new stuff. And what's cool too, is you can also buy 
souvenir chocolates. And if you bring those chocolates back to your island, this sounds like an MLM now. Uh, if, you, if you bring these chocolates back to your island and you give them to your villagers, they'll ask if they can go with you to the vacation home place. Oh. And you design them a house. Whoa. So they don't, they, they don't move. They still live on your island. But you can then. So I have actually been doing that. I've been slowly like making a vacation home for all of my villagers. And what I think is really brilliant and what's kind of keeping me doing this part of the game and and what I'm really impressed by reminds me a lot of Dragon Quest Builders 2, weirdly, mm, is yeah. that you're making like a sustainable community, weirdly enough. Yes. Like you're not just making these like one and done homes. They mentioned early on, like there might be requests to revise this place. You can always go back and like check in. And once you get like three or four clients, uh, Lottie's like, there are all these like empty buildings on this island we're on. We should start making more facilities. So the first one you make is a school, and uh, and you're given more options with that. So I, I spent I spent like an hour making this school, and I just thought like I made it kind of like a like a grade school looking place. Like it, it sort of had a juvenile vibe. I didn't realize that Berdo was going to be a student. Who just for context, <laughs> Berdo is like Gene Hackman in the conversation as a bear, yeah. basically. Um, and, uh, so like it just, you know, once you build the school, they're like, okay, cool. Who's going to be the teacher. And then out of all the the clients that you built the house for, you have to select who's going to be the teacher. And then everyone else just shows up to learn. And so that's like a wild scene and you can take pictures and, you know, put it online for like the school you made. I named my school uh Shoreside prep. Um, <laughs> this is right by the beach. It's really good. Uh, and it's a good name. if you go back to visit the school, like they're all there, like they're all like studying and the teacher's walking around. The teacher taught me how to like, she gave me like a recipe for like a new plant thing. And um, it, I'm just very impressed that like, you're not just making these things as challenges, but they continue to exist. Yeah. Uh, which is really, really cool. And I, I, I'm excited to see like what other facilities are built and then like, you know, what positions there are to a point. It, it, it does remind me too of Terrytown in, uh, in breath of the wild, which like you could argue like shares a lot in common too, just with the core game of new horizons, but it has that. Um, I feel almost more like I'm making a community in happy home designer than I did when making my, my Island was very much, what do I want? And this is quite literally, what do the clients want? And how do we make a space where like everyone can share and everyone has a role within that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. I, I hmm. that that's something I hadn't really considered, but um, I I definitely I, I definitely know where you're coming from, and I think when I start to play more of it, I'm gonna really like it. I I want to make it very clear. I I started playing Happy Home Paradise today, uh, so I've helped I think four clients at this point. Yeah, all of which I think has been one hour for each of their houses. It has very much kind of a civilization one more turn aspect to it in a way yes. i wasn't expecting like every time i finish lottie asked me if i'm done for the day and i'm like absolutely not please let me keep yeah. going which i love i actually didn't play happy home designer on the 3ds i always thought about picking it up but i can never really justify the price because i didn't really know how much game there was there i'm actually almost considering picking it up now because i i'm curious to see how much of happy home paradise really is just kind of built off of happy home designer but that said i i think i think you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of what the 2.0 update and Happy Home Paradise are both kind of accomplishing in their own ways, which is kind of 
returning Animal Crossing to this sense of I don't know what could be coming next. Um, I feel like constantly there is a new mechanic or a new idea being thrust upon me that I didn't even think was available or possible. And that rules. The first time they ask you to go do a photo shoot in somebody's house that you built for them, it was like thrilling to just sit there for like maybe 30 whole minutes and just be like, okay, this is going to be my wardrobe. This is going to be the client's wardrobe. We're both going to stand here and here. We're going to do these expressions. And, and we're going to look directly into the camera and take the sickest picture of your cool fucking house that I just <laughs> spent so much time working on. It just feels good the whole time. Yeah. It just makes yeah. you feel good. Um, and I think you're right. I, th- I think as you start to build those community centers, it will start to actually feel like you're doing like a public good and not just I'm making this one person happy, but I'm I'm building something. Um, yeah, it 180 from the vibes we got in the airport pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, totally. I, yeah. I trust um, it's Lottie who is like this otter who is like in charge. And then there's Wardell, the sort of manatee who doesn't say much. Yeah, who I love. And Nico, who's the monkey that helps them. Nico's voice is so loud. When I was streaming this on my headphones, <laughs> I like, almost had a heart attack. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's really fun. I'm really shocked. I thought like it looks really cute in the presentation, but I was I was not sure if that was going to be like the main event for me and like i've been playing more of happy home paradise than like the core game Mm. uh in the last few days but i I think what's really nice is the ability and this is probably what i would miss if i had a standalone game that was this i like the ability to be like okay cool i'm done i'm gonna go back to my island yes folding them into one another is definitely the move i mean the the stuff you buy uh with your strange happy home paradise currency can be used in your own house, right? Like you could take it back to your own Island, which is great. So you have that link there. It also unlocks it. All of that stuff as stuff that you can then put in your clients homes as well. Um, So as you continue to buy stuff in that shop, um, it actually expands the list of things you can put in clients homes, which I, I think is very cool. Yeah. Recently. So now that I have a school, I didn't even realize this, but like, uh, Leaf, the uh, sloth who sells plants. Yeah. He's like, hey, do you mind if I do a presentation real quick in the school? Um, Whoa. And you like show him to the school and he teaches everyone like how to make hybrid flowers. So he's both telling the player, he's like, hey, in case you weren't on every Reddit thread in 2020, yeah. here's how to make hybrid flowers. And also you can just now make hybrid flowers for the client. Like you can just have oh, wow. access to like every color flower you want. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's just shocking. It almost, it, it feels like they're kind of gamifying one aspect of animal crossing on the side, which is really interesting. Yeah. It, it almost feels too like, uh, like playing Minecraft in creative mode versus like doing the survival part yes. of it. Like you're just getting that, that freedom to make something, but it has more of a narrative purpose. And again, it has that um, that almost like you're building this this engine like in Dragon Quest uh, Builders 2, the villagers would request like, I need you to build this thing like these dimensions. Mm-hmm. It needs to have at least three beds. And um, it was just so cool to like build that and then see people operating within it. It wasn't just aesthetic. It had function as well. Yeah. And that's what I'm most impressed by with this expansion pack. Uh, shout out to Dragon Quest Builders 2, by the way. It's a great game. Way too good. It has no right being that good. Yeah. Yeah. All in all, I mean, the 2.0 update and Happy Home Paradise are both amazing. Uh, I'm very, very, very happy. Here's my question for you. This is a question I was thinking about. Maybe we should have off the show, but I kind of want to have it on the show. Sure. Do you consider this its own game? Is this eligible for game of the year? Oh, 
I was thinking about that. Like, you mean the expansion pack itself, the happy home paradise yes. part of it. It's tough. It's tough. Um, I would say, honestly, I, I my heart has softened since my Javert days of 2018 uh-huh. being like, no, 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 this doesn't count. This doesn't count. I think that if, if you feel passionately about it and you can make a case for it, then why not? You know, that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, I think that's like, where I'm at too. I think that we both decided that the Mass Effect Legendary Edition doesn't count. Because yeah. again, <laughs> coming on this show and saying to our dear audience, my game of the year for 2021 is Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 is a is a cursed statement. So I will not do that <laughs> to you. But I do think I, I would say this counts. I would say the Happy Home Paradise counts. It is its own entry in backlogged.com, which oh. I've been using to keep track of everything. So So many people in the Discord have joined backlogged over the past couple of weeks which is fun it's uh, cool it's I'm, I'm into it yeah yeah but uh yeah i would say i would say it it softly counts that's my yeah current that's definition. how i feel about it too look i just i want to ask the question because i'm liking it a lot already i don't know if it's in you know top 10 territory but uh by the time i'm done with it or you know i don't even know what done is in happy home paradise but by the time i'm personally done with it i'm wondering if it'll be up there I guess that's the question is like if it's a continuous service or if there is like an actual end to it. I imagine there's a point where you've made all the facilities. Yeah. And then you can kind of just check in. But yeah, I mean, I also I just think, too, like like we've been saying this whole episode, the combination of this expansion pack and the 2.0 update, it doesn't revise New Horizons, but it makes this game, in my opinion, like definitively the best Animal Crossing game. And like it's it's almost like a Persona 5 Royal scenario where it's like this is a great thing that is even better now and this is the one to play yeah yeah i agree um it's kind of interesting because on the side i've been playing um a lot of animal crossing wild world um yeah as just like prep for our ds episode uh next year that we already announced but (laughs) why wild world was the one that i really got into first like that was the big one for me and then new leaf obviously became a big one uh city folk eh, not so much i went back and played the original i even tried playing animal forest on the n64 uh which you know didn't go very well because it was in japanese uh, and i was playing with a guide it's not very helpful but that said uh playing a lot of wild world over the past like month ish uh and now playing this has really illuminated to me just how far they've taken this franchise uh in the direction of making it wholesome is a word that's getting tainted slowly over time but makes it wholesome and makes me feel like i don't know just fucking good man i just want to feel good i just want to hang out (laughs) i stopped watching squid game after the sixth episode because it just made me so sad and i was like why why would i just sit down and be sad you know Why, why would I why would I sit down with like good food and be like, I'm going to eat this great food and have it ruined by being sad. Uh, so anyway, Happy Home Paradise is great. It's available on <laughs> Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack. Uh, but also it's available by itself for twenty five dollars. Yeah, I would recommend. I mean, already there even even though they were talking about it as if it's own game, I think is a testament to what you're getting. Yeah. Um, with that expansion. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah. Wow. That was the whole episode pretty much. We haven't done a regular episode that's just about one thing, I think, in three years. <laughs> this is like this is kind of season one energy, weirdly enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's been a long time. Um It's like if we did a Simpsons episode that was like the weird squiggle hand drawn style. This is a hand drawn squiggly episode. Yeah. Do you have do you have anything else you want to shout out 
before we yeah. wrap up? In terms of games I've been playing, I've been trying to check out older Tales games in anticipation of our bonus uh, this month about Tales of Arise. Because Arise is the first Tales game I've played. So I've been like playing a couple of the the older entries. I So far I've played the like opening hour or so of Tales of Bursaria and Tales of Vesperia. Yes. Uh, I have and- those two. I also have Symphonia and uh, Abyss. Oh, those are the big ones. I yeah. I've, I was looking up like which are kind of like, you know, when we play Dragon Quest Eleven, and we're looking into like what are the next ones to play. Yeah. All the ones you just mentioned are seemingly the big ones. Abyss was sort of the one that made the 3D arena fighting uh, style on the PS2, I believe. It's also on the 3DS. Yes, that's the one I have. That's the one I, I've been wanting to get that as well. But anyway, I was going to bring them uh, for today's episode, but I want to play a little bit more. Because again, any RPG, I, I, it's unfair to talk about the first hour. You got to give it at least like three <laughs> yeah, until you totally. know what's going on. Uh, anyway, so that's going on. I'm trying to think of what else I'm playing. I know uh, ZA5 and SMT5 both come out this week. Yeah. Next episode is going to be the episode of fives. <laughs> so yeah, if we end up bringing those, uh, who knows? But um, I think I think Forza 5 is an easy one because it's on Game Pass. Yeah. And I think you and I are both planning on checking out SMT5, so it's it's fairly likely. I'm also going to bring another five game to next week's episode. Oh, but you won't tell me what? I'm not going to tell you what. All right, well, buckle up. Um, <laughs> in terms of other stuff, too, I, I mentioned this on Twitter, but um, I was streaming a maddening run of the uh, Golden Deer and, and our beloved game Fire Emblem Three Houses. I've decided to chill on that a little bit. I, I kind of got a taste of like how long it's going to be. And I also was like, I kind of want to play this on my own. I, I have that every now and then when I stream, like I love sharing the experience. I had this with Mass Effect as well, where I was like, ah, I kind of just want to like dive into this and like sink into this on my own. Mm. So my plan for that is I still want to like wrap up the experience. So I'm planning on streaming like one of the, of the larger missions in part two, once I get to it. And then stream the last mission. So then that'll be kind of fun because you've got like a lot of hours of me finding my footing in a crushing difficulty. And then you'll see me hopefully being triumphant at the end. Yeah, so that will that will happen eventually. I'm really enjoying it, though. I will say this about maddening. I mentioned this before. It does get a little bit more doable after the beginning. The, the first couple missions, if you're curious to play the game that way, feel like completely out of your league because they throw you into the scrimmage where you're level zero you've had no agency over how to level your characters and everyone else is like good to go so like you were you were fighting an army with like a stick and a rock basically <laughs> at that point quite literally so it gets better once you've been able to invest in the students more and it feels more like the game I love. <laughs> so I, I've, I've really been enjoying that balance more. From what I have read, it, it picks up again uh, early in part two. But anyway, that will happen. Uh, also, the Nuzlocke uh, for the fourth gen remix is going to be beginning uh, when that game comes out. Uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. That was another reason, too, why I was like, let me. I don't want to have like too many things at once just for my current schedule. I don't want to burn myself out with that. So that will begin. And... Yeah, other than the Nuzlocke, I think for me, the streams will kind of happen when they happen. So that's my current plan at this time for all of that. And everything after the fact is up on our YouTube as well. So that's that's all I got for now. Me? Uh, yeah, I've been playing. <laughs> I was going to ask. I just <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to leave you like that. I uh, I got Mario Party Superstars. 
I got the hell yeah. I got that new Mar- I got that new Mario Party on my Switch. Uh, I played nice. it a bunch. Let me tell you, Steven, it's good, and uh, that's as much as I have to say about it. It's good. It's what you. It's what you want. <laughs> Here's a, it's uh, it's a mashup of the N64 ones, uh, and mm. includes. Oh, sorry, from a boards perspective, it's a mashup of the N64 ones. All the all the boards you can play are from N64, um, and then all the games are. Uh, I think from all of them, I think it's a mashup of all of the Mario parties from a minigame perspective. And uh, it is literally just like a very simple, competent Mario party that feels like it's in the vein of what they succeeded at in the N64. And that's good enough. I mean, that's, it's it's honestly just a thing that's like nice to have on my Switch is kind of how yeah. I feel about it. I, I Look, the reason we're recording this at night on a Monday instead of a Sunday morning is because I had a very, 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 very busy weekend there were a lot of people in my apartment and uh got to play some mario party and that was good it was a good time it, it reminded me a lot of uh how mario party's always been except for the bad ones so that's good um <laughs> to me mario party begins and ends when you're all on the same train i just think that's the way to play it <laughs> yeah no trains no planes no automobiles <laughs> it is just running around a board and um trying to not land on a bowser spot is uh it's what Mario Party Superstar is all about, which is good. Uh, so I've been playing that. I am still playing Pikmin Bloom every day. Oh, nice. And I'll say that I tweeted this after we recorded last week's episode or after we posted last week's episode. But I'll, I'll say it again on the show. That is like actually a goatee contender for me. That is actually becoming nice. one of my favorite games of the year. Um, That's so cool. It weirdly like Animal Crossing constantly is unveiling totally new wild mechanics i recently just got one that are essentially like raids uh like pve (laughs) pokemon go adjacent raids where you just send out uh your strongest pikmin and everybody around you sends out their strongest pikmin to just beat the shit out of these big mushrooms that just grew on the street somewhere uh and you all you all get a piece of the mushrooms depending on how uh quickly you can all take it down which is really good so that's really fun um i've also been you know just like going on long walks and uh you know going in and out of manhattan want to give a shout out to friend of the show kyle Starr, who i met up with we went to a really cool retro video game store in uh manhattan called video games new york which is an amazing place i highly recommend visiting it if you're in new york it's in uh soho i believe um i got a copy of persona 3 fez on the yes. playstation 2 um and then i also got a playstation 2 so expect me to talk about that at some point that's going to be very exciting. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Also, other friend of the show, uh, Alana, uh, gave me my PlayStation Vita back. So now I have Persona 4 Golden and Persona 3 Portable back <sighs> as well. So all Persona all the time, it seems like. It's going to be very interesting. I don't want to promise this because it's a lot to ask of us. But I feel like we have talked about Persona a lot on this show. Persona 5 Royal got half of a bonus alongside Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> and it's come up a lot. But I, I, I so just to be like clean and concise, I would love a three, four and five bonus. I feel like that has to happen one day. All at, you know? all in one or maybe. Or yeah. I mean, I think at, at the very least, I think we have talked about wanting to eventually do a three bonus. Yeah, um, I really want to do a three I, bonus. Maybe over time we'll do we'll do one of each. Yeah. Uh, and you can listen to them all at the same time. I still have not played enough of four to really like know how I feel about it. I knew I knew that I loved it but was so distracted by other stuff that I've never actually 
played the whole thing. And I keep just hope like holding out hope that it's going to get ported to the Switch or even like the PS4 or 5 or something. Just anything yeah. that's not just Windows PCs and the Vita. <laughs> um, I uh, yeah. I've finished I finished Vanilla 4 on the PS2 mm-hmm. and I've played through Persona 5 essentially twice because of Royal yeah. and uh, two and a half times actually because I did a new game plus in the original and I am at the finale of three but I haven't finished it so mm-hmm. I'm not a real fan I get it that's the thing about but, Persona uh, I mean it's like that that um that hard drive article that you always talk about with Final Fantasy like world's biggest Final Fantasy fan has finished some of the games um, yeah let's play most of some of the games <laughs> yeah I, I I think I think that's kind of how Persona works at least in my my view like i i would consider myself a pretty big fan of the persona series even though i've played half of five about 10 hours of four and about three hours of three <laughs> on both the yeah. psp and the playstation 2 right right yeah well one day i'll finish three and then you know i mean there's also one and two i d- i am curious about two i think one i could skip honestly based on what i know yeah. um but if I end up playing two, I might as well play one just to do the whole thing, you know? <laughs> That's how they get you. You, you got to yeah. play Tokyo Mirage Sessions at some point, too. I did. We talked about it. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I played. I haven't played much of that, but you you got it for me as a gift because you were like really smitten by it. Yes. And then um, we talked about it for a bit, but I, I'm still pretty early on in that, though. But yeah, sim- similar vibe in that game. Um, I really like that game. Uh, anyway, so playing uh, that stuff, that's exciting. And uh, still playing a lot of Nintendo DS games, which is fun. I finished Mario yeah. Kart DS. Like, actually just, like, did all of it. I unlocked it. Oh, everything. nice. That's pretty cool. You can, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to how I'm going to actually keep track of this, like, on Backlogged. Um, but I have uh, I have that ongoing list. Thank you, by the way, to all the people who have reached out and mentioned. Like, I, I just had the list publicly available, so you can go check out all the stuff that I'm planning on playing. Right now, it's at 99 video games, uh, <laughs> which is a lot, but also we have a lot of time. So uh, just want to say thanks to everybody who uh, mentioned stuff, who like looked through the list and was like, oh, yeah, you should probably check this out, because a lot of really like in-the-weeds stuff that I uh, hadn't heard about. Yeah, and people are hyping up Pokemon Conquest for us, which is yeah. exciting. That's going to be a fun um, one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for I mean, I'm glad I'm glad we shared that we're doing that early because honestly, getting recommendations this early on is going to help us out for that episode. So, yeah, really appreciate the enthusiasm for that. And honestly, man, everything else I'm playing, I'm I'm now kind of in the headspace where I'm replaying stuff from earlier this year in anticipation of the game of the year episode. Like I'm, yeah. I'm starting to go back and play stuff that came out in the first half of the year just to like, I, I like doing that because I think unconsciously you'll always lean towards what is more recent, mm-hmm. but I like my list always ends up changing when I go back and, and replay stuff. Yeah. That's going to be me too. My, my list has changed a lot recently and I, I think going and putting more time into some stuff like on one of the big ones for me is chicory. I am so early in still and like I'm sure that's going to be closer to my top 10. Yeah, it's it's a it's fairly short. It's like a 10 to 15 hour game, depending on how much you do on the side. Yeah. Um, yeah. More on that later, huh? More on um, that later. <laughs> I'm like, you said sugary and every hair in my body raised up. I'm like, chill, Steven. Don't gush about it yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm really excited to record that because we'll be together again, which I'm I'm so. Yeah, we we so finally about. locked that down. We're recording that in person. We're uh, going to go hang out with AJ. Hello, AJ. Thank you so much. Hi, AJ. So that's going to be our, our first time recording in person in a while and our first time doing Godi in person since. 2019. Since 2019 yeah oh which apparently is the only time i've met aj in real life which sucks because i feel like I, i've known him my whole life oh, even yeah. though we only met 
Whoa. that one time where he had to hear me talk about Fire Emblem Three Houses like again in another room. Well, on the plus side, now he can talk about Fire Emblem Three Houses because he, oh, yeah. he and our good friend Kim, a host of Frog of the Week, uh, have a show called Asynchronous where they're currently for their first season playing through Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, it's a really great show. You should definitely check it out. Essentially, the premise is they are playing games they feel like they missed the hype on. So Three Houses is their first game. And then uh, th- I'm not sure what they're doing next. I'm I'm trying to behind the throne pull some strings to get a mass effect season but we'll see what happens I, I know kim has already played it and aj hasn't so i'm not sure if they're strict about that but would love to hear that yeah uh, please and thank you. my uh my hope and i'll just say this my hope is that it's uh gonna be a game that i haven't played or haven't finished because i would love i would love to ha- have a, a game that i could play kind of book club adjacent because I, I like the way that they've set that show up where they're playing like a couple chapters at a time or like have pretty clear like beginning and end markers for how much you're supposed to play in between episodes because I feel like that'd be really cool for something like a persona or something I don't know yeah it is kind of embarrassing to be like the toxic fan listening to them and being like why the fuck is Hanneman ranked above Hilda like I know this too much I know too much I gotta step back I gotta step back <laughs> you don't know Ash yet but anyway, it's a great show. You should definitely listen. Asynchronous. It's a wonderful show. Asynchronous. Song. We'll put the, well, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, cool. Yeah. Sick. Cool. So anyway, uh, Forza Horizon 5 next week. Shimagami Tensei 5 next week. Uh, I'm, Essentially, yeah. I'm going to try and bring like another it. 5 game next week. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't even mention this. I meant to mention a while ago. I'm also playing Unpacking, which is great. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. It's on Game Pass, Steven. You should play it. I think you'll be really, 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 really surprised at how much you like it. Um, that's <laughs> that's that was. that's gonna come up again that game um i don't know yeah i don't know if it'll get a whole segment on the show but uh it's gonna come up again i, I there's another un game that i want to check out on game pass as well <laughs> unsighted i've heard good things about yeah we can do fives and uns next time <laughs> next week the week of un five <laughs> You want to wrap up? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Into the Air. It's a low-key video game podcast. Want to give a shout-out to all of our patrons. Thank you so much for backing the show. Thank you. Uh, Patreon.com slash Into the Cast. Really, really, really appreciate that. Uh, as, as we say every week, if uh, backing the show in any way negatively impacts you financially, please do not back the show. It is totally cool. Um, you can change or pull your funding at any time. Uh, but thank you to those of you who are backing currently. We also have a Twitter. We also have an Instagram. We have a Twitch. We have a YouTube. All of them are very active. Uh, you can find all those links at IntoTheCast.online and uh, watch our streams or read our tweets or look at our episode art in all those places. But all that said, my name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Have a wonderful night. Please have Unite Al you a wonderful bell boom. Goodbye. <laughs> Beautiful island. PWG, the worst garbage, the online.